everybody. This is Esther Goliath, the tax lady from EG Tax, uh, EGTax.com. Well, we told you that it was going to happen. Tax season's here for 2021, and we want to give you, get you uh, up to date, up to speed. And so, our next series of podcasts are going to be things that you need to know to do your return. And of course, if uh, you have anything else that's popped into your head when we're talking, you can always go to our website at egtax.com, ask the tax lady, and put in your request. And of course, we'll include it in a future podcast. We do appreciate that you're you're listening, though. And I got my buddy uh, Christopher Fabian here in studio with me. Hey, Chris. Hello, Esther. Hello, Christopher. And I guess Tiff is uh, doing mailing right Tiff's now, Tiff's right? doing mailing. Yep, yep. Yeah, but tax season should be no surprise to somebody. That comes around every year, like Christmas and, you know, maybe some things you want to forget, like your birthday. You know, <laughs> people want to forget their taxes, too. But for, some pe- well, for some people, well, yeah, some people are going to be very happy this year. Oh, my gosh. And, of course, with all the refundable credits. Yes. And, uh, I mean, it's not like just a a credit to get you to zero. These credits give you back money like you worked. I mean, like you put in time. It's just remarkable. And there are going to be people that are getting tens of thousands of dollars in refunds that they never did before. And, of course, we're going to go over that. But today, I thought we'd talk about what's income, what's taxable income. Yep. Do you, but but Chris, uh, we the IRS is accepting returns as of January twenty uh, fourth. Okay, so that's when they're going to start accepting returns. Yes, I know that if you're getting one of these refunds of twenty thousand dollars or whatever, and it, you really want to get it done right away, a word to the wise: you've got to make sure that what you're submitting is accurate. If it's not accurate, what you're doing, filing early, completely is put aside because they're going to hold up your refund while they are processing it. And right now there's still millions of people who haven't had their 2020 tax return processes. I mean, the IRS is really up to their eyeballs and alligators. Yep. That's for sure. Do it right. Take a little longer, make sure you got all the right information before you file your return. And then it'll go through like a hot knife through butter. We hope. Yep. Exactly. We hope. Yeah. We hope. And of course, you know, uh, the other thing is that EG Tax, just like every other major tax firm, um, we offer refund anticipation loans. So if you are getting one of those gigantic refunds and you just don't have the money to give us for our services up front, we can take it out of your refund, uh, whether it's directly deposited or if you get a partial uh, refund loan. and, you know, we're, we're very happy to do that as well. But the important thing is to make sure that what you're submitting is accurate because you don't want your refund to be held up because you gave a bad direct deposit information or you didn't have the form that adjusted the amount of additional, uh, 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 not additional child tax credit, but advanced child tax credit that you would have gotten during the year. That form that everybody's supposed to get, the form number is what, Chris? A 6914. It's, it it's, looks like a letter from the IRS, and it states how Don't much— Don't throw it out. Don't throw it out. Don't throw it out. Right, right. right? 
because it will state how much you received in advance plus how many children you received it for. Those have to match your tax return exactly. If those don't match, then you will get your refund will be delayed. And like you said earlier in the show, there's still people waiting for their 2020. So I don't think people are going to want to wait eight months, nine months for their refund of $10,000, right, $20,000. But now here's the thing. Let's say that that form says that they gave me an advance on three children, but I had a baby last year. So my tax return has four children. Right. So, so you still got to report. Not, it's not going to match. Well, yes, it will, because you're going to report the information. It says, how much did you receive in advance? That's got to match. And then how many children did you get it for? Three. So that's got to match the IRS. All right. Your tax but return. I can, have the, I can, but I can have the other one that I didn't claim before on my tax return, and that's not going to hold it up. Correct. Okay. As long as that that advanced information equals what you're putting on the return, it'll be correct and it won't hold it up. Yes. Okay. Good. Yep. All right. Yep. So that's really, really important. So make sure you get that. In the, and, and we've uh, mentioned this several times before. If you're listening from New York State and you got unemployment, unemployment is not a form uh, to report your unemployment. It's not sent automatically from the state of New York. You must go into their website and download the form or else contact them uh, over the phone and tell them that you need the form uh, mailed to you so that you can put that on your tax return so that won't hold it up as well. Right, right, right. Because if you don't report it in a year and a half, you will get a letter saying you didn't claim all your income. You owe us X amount of dollars plus interest and penalties. So That's absolutely right. And the other thing is, and uh, we've talked about this for, for the unemployment, if, uh, if you didn't get your stimulus last year, uh, for whatever reason, maybe you were claimed by somebody else and you never, uh, and on the 2020 tax return, they got your stimulus money and you didn't get Get it. You want to make sure that you put it on your 2021 return. That's extra money that you'd have coming as well. Yes. Right. Yep. Okay. But let's talk about, you know, getting ready. So before you do your tax return, you want to make sure that what you're putting in is good. I mean, they say garbage in, garbage out. And that's so true. If you're just putting anything down because uh, you just want to get the tax return in, you're actually shooting yourself in the foot. And the first thing would be wages. Right, right. You're working. You know, let's say, let's say you worked at five employers, but you got four W twos. So you thought, ah, eh, that's close enough. Is no, that, is that good? No, no. You need all five W twos. So, so what if you can't get a W two from one of your employers? They went bankrupt or they closed their doors. What you, does somebody do? Use your if you have it, you use your last pay stub. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait a couple months like probably till March, April, and request an income transcript from the IRS for the current year, and then they'll send you the information you need. Well, but what if the employer didn't submit uh, their employment forms to the IRS? What if you have a pay stub, but you don't you you contact the IRS and they don't have that employment information. Are you just out of luck? No, I would do you would do a substitute W2 a 4858. Okay, there you go. That's what I, that's what I was going for. So, but you don't do those substitute uh, W2s 
until after you've waited a sufficient amount of time and made contact uh, as best as you can with that former employer because the IRS is going to lean heavily on the information you're providing to them before they issue the refund. And again, it could hold it up. Correct. Yep. Right? Yes. Most okay. definitely. All right. And then the other thing is for people that are under the normal retirement age, under 65, and they were retired on a disability pension, this is an opportunity for them to get an earned income credit, isn't it, Chris? And so what would, so if it's coded a three on your 1099R, where do you get to list it on the, on the W, on the tax return? That gets listed under as wages. So the, you'll be able to list it as wages. So if you have children, you would get the earned income credit. If you don't have children and it uh, qualifies when the income is lower, then you could still get a little earned income credit. Not the big one that people of families are used to, but it still would be could, a little bit extra. You could get $1,100, though. I mean, that's yep. not so bad. Yeah, they right? raised it, what, from 400 to $1,100? Right. So it's a lot of money. And uh, again, th- this is... A pension for disability for someone under normal retirement age, they get to reclassify that pension as wages, which would then give them the, they'd be in the running for the earned income credit. If they have children, it's a phenomenal windfall. If they're just a a married couple or a single and their income is lower, they would get a smaller earned income credit, but, but reclassifying that, that disability pension to wages really can be a blessing for you. Right. Right. You know, and that goes, you know, talk about maybe somebody who works under the table, you know, I I don't want to claim my income. I I don't want to pay taxes on it and they get cash. But if they have children, they could be missing out on like $7,000 in earned income credit. You know, so their income may end up netting $10,000. We'll say the self-employment tax is $1,500. So out of the earned income credit of $7,000, you're still going to get an extra refund of $5,500. Right. And that's that's so important. First of all, I won't do a tax return for somebody that says I work under the table exactly. because I'm yep. not going to collaborate with you to defraud the government. But more than anything, you could be collaborating to shoot yourself in the foot, especially if you have children at, at home. And so if you're getting cash, it doesn't mean that because you got cash, it's not taxable. If you got cash under the law, you're supposed to report everything. Then you'd put it on, if you're uh, self-employed, you'd put it on a Schedule C, reduce it by all your expenses to make the money. Then you pay FICA on the net profit. And on the bottom line, that's where you would go to see if you qualify for the earned income credit. So the truth is many people who think they're really pulling a fast one on the IRS is actually pulling a fast one on themselves. Exactly. And not to mention, you know, if the person has no income they're putting on their tax return, they're thinking, ha, I'm not paying taxes, it's under the table. They're not paying into Social Security. So then when they're 65, they're losing even more money because Social Security... And let's face it, it it affects you in all your entire life. I mean, for your car insurance, they take a look at what your credit standing is Um, for your, like you say, Social Security, for getting a home or a loan. You today you think you you're pulling a fast one. 
which you probably aren't, and you want to get a, uh, you find Mrs. Wright or Mr. Wright, and you want to get a home four or five years down the line, you have no track record, and you don't have anything to stand on for a mortgage. So all of these things, I, I've always felt like the if you do things the right way, you will get the benefit from it. So right. I'm going to tell you, it, it just is a really important thing to make sure you do your tax return correctly. The other thing is, how about scholarships? <laughs> scholarships basically are tax free. Okay, that that's the the just of it is they're tax free as long okay. as it's used to pay the education part of things. So for school, books and fees, that's fine. But when it gets to a paying for room and board or maybe your scholarship is 20,000 and your school is 17,000 and they give you a check for 3,000, that 3,000 counts for income. So you really have to be careful with scholarships. That's absolutely correct. And the thing is, and then on the state of New York, is it handled the same way as the federal? With scholarships? Yes. Right. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, so the, so we have your wages, we have scholarships, we have disability pay payments. Um, how about tips if you're a waitress or waiter? Are those just under the table? I mean, my my nail lady that does my nails, uh, she started this last couple of weeks saying, um, you have to pay your tips in cash. So I went to her and I said, um, I have to pay taxes on all the money I get. And you know what, Lee? You have to pay taxes on all the money you get. And just because you you think you're really pulling a fast one by by uh, claiming things in cash, it doesn't make it so that you wouldn't get in trouble for fraud. And that's really important to to understand. Yeah. Well, just you know, say. And also, I'll I pay by charge card, so I guess you don't get a tip. And see how much money you know. If more people did that. How well, I said to her, if you want a tip, it's going on my charge card. Yeah, that's wages. And she said, okay. <laughs> All right. So that's wages. Interest income. So that would be the money that you get. There ain't much of it, I will tell you. But <laughs> all of the money that the bank is paying you for certificates of deposit, for uh, for regular checking accounts, uh, savings accounts, uh, if you have stocks, uh, you have bonds, and they're paying you interest, all that interest is taxes, ordinary income. Right. Now, if you have municipal bond interest, that's that's handled differently, right? Right, right. So muni bonds are... Um, tax-free on the federal and may be taxable on the state. You have to look to see which state issued it. So for New York, if they were issued in New York state, it's tax-free on your New York return. But if it was issued from Pennsylvania, Alaska, something like this, then it's then it's taxable on New York state. So you got to look Correct. at the, for muni bonds, you got to look. Now for federal bonds, it's just the opposite. Federal like bonds, bonds. Yep. Double E bonds. They're taxable on the federal and tax free on the state. Correct. So just opposite. So whoever is right. issuing the party is where you're probably going to have to pay tax to. 
That's right. So, so interest income is taxable, just like wages, ordinary income. Now, dividends are a horse of a different color. They're treated with kid gloves because they're because if you have qualified dividends for U.S. corporations, then you don't have to pay at the same rates that your like your interest or your wages are being taxed. Dividends are handled differently. Correct. Yes, yes. You got to look at that 1099D very carefully. There's ordinary dividends and there's qualified dividends. You don't add those two together, okay? Your whole amount of dividends are your ordinary dividends. The qualified dividends are what's inside that ordinary dividends get that gets the preferred tax rate. And for some people, that could be zero. And some other people, it would be 15%. And if you're in the highest tax bracket, you would pay 20% on those dividends. All right. But but still, if you're in the highest tax, tax bracket, which is like 39%, to get a break down to 20, that's a 19% savings. Right, right. Right? Yeah, definitely. And that's number one. And number two, when you said zero, you pay zero, that means you pay nothing. Yep. If you're in the 12% bracket or lower, you pay nothing on those qualified dividends. But now that doesn't just happen uh, because some angel come, floats out of heaven and says that's zero. You have to do something on your tax return to make it go to, to whatever that reduced rate is. And that is what form? That That is your Schedule D tax worksheet. So you have right. to prove to the government, here's my other ink, here's my AGI, this is where I fall for my capital gains and dividend or my qualified dividends tax rate. And it's a, a nice long form, but it will save you money and it's worth the aggravation. Absolutely. Now think about this. If you had dividends of $10,000 and this year, I would say a lot of people might because this was a good stock market year. Where else are people going to put their money? And if they were taxed at, let's say, 20 percent as opposed to 39 percent, they pay two thousand dollars in taxes versus thirty nine hundred in taxes. That's a savings of nineteen hundred dollars. But only if you use the Schedule D worksheet. So if you're somebody that says, oh, that just makes me crazy. I don't really want to do it. Well, You've just given them $1,900 that they're not entitled to. Exactly. Yep. Right? Yep. I'll take okay. $1,900. Well, you know what? There's a lot of people that will wait in line at the gas station for four hours to save $2 in the gas and filling up their gas tank. But yet they'll let thousands of dollars pass by because they don't really like doing complicated taxes. Well, to save money sometimes when you're doing your taxes, you got to make it complicated, but it's all for money in your pocket. Exactly. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay, let's move on. So another area, and of course, on your dividend income that doesn't qualify, you're going to pay at the same rate as wages. Uh, all right, retirement pa- payments. Those are taxed as ordinary income, just like wages and interest, maybe. <laughs> right? Yep, yep. It, it, it all depends on whether or not one of the things is had you contributed with after-tax dollars to your retirement plan. If that's the case, then part of your retirement isn't going to be taxable until those dollars are recouped that you had put into your retirement plan 
plan after taxes. That's one example of, of when it's uh, when it isn't always taxable. The other thing might be in annuities. Same thing with an annuity. Right, Chris? Right, right. If you have pre post-tax dollars in there, you have to do the simplified general method and back, you know, you get a small percentage tax-free every year. You can't just say, I'm going to take out that money that I already pay tax on. The government doesn't do it. You have to percentage that out. Right. And then let's say somebody had an IRA and they had a required minimum distribution and they're over the age of 72 and they say, well, I really would like have liked to given to give twenty thousand dollars to my church. And they did a direct rollover from their IRA to the charity. How is that distribution on the IRS on the IRA tax? Well, that you put the whole thing on the inside column of the tax return. So uh, what is it? Line 8A now? I can't, that was a new number, sorry. But it, you go to IRA and it will say gross distribution and you put in the your total distribution. Then on the taxable side, which is that long column on the right-hand side, you would back off how much money you did a qualified charitable distribution to. So if your right. gross distribution- up, up to 100,000. Yep, yep. And it's gotta go out of an IRA. Yes. So people that have money in a simple plan, for instance, they can't do that because it's not an IRA. So what I suggest people do is roll over part of their money that they want to become tax free from their simple to an IRA so that they can do the qualified charitable payment if they if that's what they want to do for future planning. Correct. Yes. Now, what if I'm a public safety safety officer? Um, and the, you're, if you're a public safety officer, you're retired, and you're using part of your pension to pay for your health insurance, it comes out of your pension check, you get up to a $3,000 subtraction from the pension line. Right. So, in, in other words, the amount that you paid up to 3000 right? Correct. So that's another thing. So those are just, and then on the state of New York, if you're a New York State retiree, your pension is handled completely different on the state of New York as well. If you retire on a public pension, so there'd be city, state, municipal, federal, then all of your pension on New York state is tax-free, regardless of your age. Right. But if you're retired on a private pension, once you're, you reach the age of 59 and a half, then the first $20,000 you have received for yourself and up to $20,000 for your spouse Though that would be a subtraction on your New York state return. Right. Then that's New York state. If you're listening and you're in a different state, check with your tax preparer. Um, call us. Or, we can investigate it. We'll do, the, yeah, yep. we'll do the research for you. Yep. Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, we're almost, uh, we're almost winding down here, but I wanted to get the social security since that affects so many people. Social security may be tax free but may be taxable up to 85% depending upon your other forms of income, which is really important because if you have some frivolous income like gambling income, where you have to include the income on the adjusted gross income and you can't take the expense until you itemize, you're stuck with income on uh, your other adjusted gross income that could make your social security up to 85% taxable. So you really want to think about when you're going to that casino, whether it's worth it, because believe me, it can really 
hurt you on your tax return. Right. Yeah. I always explain to my clients, it's like that algebraic expression or pre-calc when you're sitting there and you ask your teacher, when am I going to use this in life? You know, X plus Y times Z uh, divided by two over three times Z plus at, you know, that's what it's like to figure out the taxability of your social security. So you Absolutely. really got to look at the whole picture. And, Absolutely. and people who are gambling are going, well, I have losses, so it's going to all offset. The difference is your gambling winnings counts as income. That has to before, get... before you can reduce it by your gambling losses. Exactly. And that's where the computation of social security comes in way at the front end. So you might end up paying on your $20,000 social security payment, 85% becomes taxable. So you're looking at over $17,000 becoming taxable. And if you're in the 10% bracket, it costs you $1,700 in taxes because you, because you gambled. Yep. Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, I think we've exhausted our subject matter for this week, but we will go into next uh, podcast other forms of taxable income so that you're aware of it. Because just because you have income, don't assume that it's taxed the same. Different categories of income have different rates, different deductions, different computation. And that's part of what we want to help you with. Remember, EG tax has uh, we have over 30 offices in Western New York. We have offices in Arizona and Florida. Uh, our website is egtax.com. We can prepare your return in person, over the mail, drop off virtually. And so if, so if you think about us as the, your tax accountant next door, your family member, no matter where you are, we're there too. So until next week. I'm Esther Golias, the tax lady, with Christopher Fabian. Uh, if you need us, go to our website at egtax.com. Until next next podcast, have a great week. And don't forget to listen to us Saturdays on WBEN 930 AM in Buffalo. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. New friends, new opportunities, new partners, EG Tax.